Welcome to the Carnage Podcast, where we interview some of today's most savvy marketers, creatives, and founders, discover what's working and what's not. We unveil the tools and tactics they're using every day to get results. And remember, the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you become the sharpest marketer in the room. I'm your host, Nick Kamenisi, and today our guest is Sandra Chung from Mention. Mention is a social listening tool, and Sandra helps us understand, first of all, what social listening is, but better yet, how do you convince your boss that you need yet another tool to do your job well? So without further ado, let's give our attention to Sandra. So hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Sandra, uh, head of content at Mention, and um, I'm originally from uh, Vancouver, Canada. So, uh, so I'm Canadian, <laughs> and um, I've been in Paris and in Mention. Uh, well, I've been in Paris for about three years. And uh, before that, I, was, I come from a copywriting and marketing background. Um, I was working at Hootsuite on the social media team for, uh, actually, first I started started on the educational team, so which at the time was known as Hootsu University. So there I was running the content and community. And then soon after, I, I switched to a role on the social media marketing team where I was uh, part of the team that, um, that was running all of the paid social activities uh, for Hootsuite. So I've always been around the social listening um, and communications uh, industry. And uh, yeah, so I've been at uh, Mention for about uh, eight months now. And uh, yeah, we are a brand monitoring and social listening tool. Uh, we are based in Paris, but we also have uh, we also have an offices in New York, and uh, we work with clients uh, that range from agencies like McCann to Ogilvy to bigger brands like uh, Pinterest. And uh, yeah, so we currently our topic for today will will be talking about social listening. Awesome. Thanks for uh, joining us today. You know, this, this word you keep using, social listening, um, I, I think sometimes these words turn into buzzwords or people use them in the wrong context. So can you kind of distill that into something that, that makes sense for every listener, whether they're just getting into marketing or they've, they've been doing it for years? Sure thing. So social listening in a nutshell is basically just tracking what people are saying about you, your brand, your product, uh, topics that are relevant to you across social media channels uh, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and basically getting insights from it that you can use. Um, if, if you extend the listening to blogs, forums, and review sites, and um, that is more known as a, a wider topic that we, we refer to here, I mentioned as a media monitoring or brand monitoring. So, um, so for me, um, every brand should be listening to conversations around you proactively, not just when there is a social media crisis occurs or when something bad or negative is being said um, but the problem is that there, there's a lot being said, and you cannot keep up with uh, you cannot keep up with every everything that's being said about you. So, um, so yeah, so that's why that's why we create that's why mention is created. So because everyone every brand can use a little bit help uh, with social listening. 
I think that's a good point. You mentioned uh, that often people don't pay attention to it until it's a problem or they go into damage control mode. Um, we mm. have we found that with some clients in the past that they don't think about it until you know someone posts a comment that uh, upsets them or it's a negative review of some sort. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so while the platform monitors those things, does it also supply or do you uh, supply um, some form of guidance for brands to not control that, but kind of mitigate some of those things that could come up um, and f- as far as how they would go about dealing with them? Yeah, so we have a lot of resources uh we create for for our content library because um, we not only want to be a a tool, uh, but we also want to be a point of resources for not just our customers and and clients, but also uh, marketers in general. We would like to provide guidance for them. So um, yeah, we we have webinars, we have a lot of blog posts and lots of different types of content that uh, they can they can consult um, to consider best practices when they're when they're just starting with social listening what kind of what they should be tracking what they should be looking out for now so would you call yourself a SaaS a software as a service yes I would <laughs> okay you just mentioned a lot of probably what you're doing when it comes from a content standpoint isn't directly talking about the software. Is that correct? Like you're talking about the subject matter around it. Do you think it's common for brands, businesses, whether they're an agency or in the software space to find it hard to justify creating or devoting the amount of time to that content when it doesn't directly correlate to sales like one for one? Definitely. And uh, that's a conversation we have very often here. So content marketing is not a short term solution. So it is an investment and it's something that you have to continuously uh, you have to continuously invest in. But I think especially in the B2B SaaS sphere, you, you have to really provide a soft way of selling. It is difficult to create all this content that is not directly uh, directly related to to the sale or to um, to getting people to buy our tool immediately but um, it's a continuous effort that b2b content marketers have to have to do if there was one piece of advice you could give to someone um, let's say it's a, a marketing director in a smaller organization who's trying to co- convince the CEO or CFO to devote or allocate more funds to this kind of marketing effort what what do you think mm-hmm. uh, something they could use to, to be more convincing uh, that's funny because I am currently just I was just writing a, a blog post about um, how how uh, five reasons you should convince your boss to invest in a, a monitoring tool. Whether you're whether you work in an agency or in-house, you always need to demonstrate your your campaign ROI to stakeholders. Whatever whatever campaigns types of campaigns you do, you need to do that. So um, it's uh, in a perfect world, uh, you know these campaign and analytic reports they would just create themselves so um 
and the next best thing is to just have a tool that can do that for you. So it, uh, it really saves you time uh, not having to compile um, analytics from, you know, six different sources uh, and you and with a tool, you can just set it and forget it. Being that Facebook is pretty much when you talk about social platforms is the big one because it owns Instagram as well. How much of an effect does it have on your business, your brand, when they make drastic changes with their algorithm or policies? Oh, a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're constantly trying to uh, find ways around it. Uh, but yeah, so when they change their algorithms or they make changes to access of their API, then um, we we kind of have to change our strategy or our roadmap. So uh, yeah, you have to be uh, you have to be pretty agile when you're uh, when when you need to when you need to use these tools uh, and to be a part of these platforms. So. This might be getting getting into more of an opinion, but I mean, people talk about Facebook going away or not being relevant anymore, and it frustrates me because they have the biggest user base. Um, they own Instagram and they're buying up other brands as well. Uh, can you? tell our audience or, or assure them that it's not going away and they need to just settle into the fact that it's it's a monster and they need to learn it. <laughs> yeah, I, yep, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Um, however, I think for some brands, you should decide if Facebook is for you. You don't necessarily need to be on it. Uh, I, I think a while back there, there had been some brands and companies that just decided to get rid of their Facebook pages altogether because uh, that's that's not where they choose to invest their time, and um, and they weren't getting the type of reach and engagement that they were looking for. So if you if you have limited resources and time and you don't feel that um, you're getting the most out of Facebook, then then perhaps you should focus on another platform. What's that other platform? If you had to suggest an alternative um, outside of the the typical um, yeah. platforms, what would it be? Well, I would I would say from a B two B standpoint, I would focus on platforms that are a little bit more um, ignored. So perhaps like Quora or Reddit. So we've actually uh, we've actually had invested a little bit more in um, Quora in the last year. So what we do is uh, we search for we search for questions around topics that uh, that relate to our brand and our tool and we answer questions, we provide expertise on them. And, uh, and I feel that uh, it's actually a, quite an engaged platform. Like you'll, we always get a couple thousand views per month on our answers. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that's worth trying uh, for B2Bs. Uh, influencer marketing. Here's another word yes. that's thrown around a lot. Um, Oh yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about the core of that, what it really is. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I don't think it's anything really new. Um, if you actually no. look, you just keep going back in marketing and advertising. Um, but in the modern context, what, what would you say influencer marketing covers? Um, basically it's just finding, um, ambassadors that are already interested in your, your industry and your 
perhaps your products and services and identifying them and reaching out to them to to collaborate and um for us in when i think when people think about influencer marketing they they tend to think more about the uh, b2c sphere uh but actually it's quite it, it's quite popular in the b2b sphere as well so to give you an example um we create uh we create uh micro sites a lot so uh we last year we created one called um uh, the influencer marketing stack so um this was all around this was basically a, a one-stop shop for all of your influencer marketing needs so whether you're you're you you've just heard of the term and you're not really sure what it is and you're looking for resources or you want to know uh you want to know what kind of platforms you should use or which agencies you should go with um yeah you can just you can check out the influencer marketing stack for that um but basically how we how we were able to come up with these ideas was actually um we we created alerts within mention for people that were talking about influencer marketing and then uh we would track them down and and then we proposed the idea and we we ended up uh, collaborating them so this one we worked with um uh shane barker later which is an instagram marketing tool and uh, bitly and a bunch of other bunch of other uh, influencers so and then we actually used influencer marketing to launch it um so how we did that was uh through product hunt so we uh we found we used mention to find people who were already talking about uh product hunt a lot and then we we were able to track them down and reach out to them and ask them if they would hunt the product out uh hunt the product for us um and then afterwards we also found influencers using mention um uh who were interested in the topic and then we we were able to uh we were able to share it share with them and ask them to amplify it for us i'm gonna give you a challenge so what if you have a, a B2B client um, that has a somewhat boring business just from the outside perspective? Uh, maybe mm -hmm. they, they provide IT services, phone systems, things of that sort. W give us an example who would be a great influencer to work with in, in, a, in a case like that. Maybe not a specific uh, name, but just the, the type of influencer. Um. Well, for our IT services or <laughs> or uh, drier industries, I would I would create um, keyword alerts or around uh, around terms that you uh, your your company produces content about, and then I would um, I would use mention to track down who is talking about these terms um, or people. Uh, or people who are talking about your competitors, you can definitely create alerts for that and and track down if track down people who are talking about your competitors. And if they are, yeah, if they're talking about your competitors, chances are they would work with you too. Let's just back up a little bit to the brand awareness side. When it comes to brand awareness, for example, with mention, you if you wanted to measure 
the impact of the brand awareness campaign, you can be tracking things like how how the volume of your brand mentions um, changed over time during the campaign period. You can find out uh, what sources what sources and social media channels they're from. Um, you can even drill down to the location uh, and and languages and find out if your if your brand is present um, if it has a presence in a in a new location that you weren't aware of. Uh, yeah, so there's really a lot you can do. That sounds like a pretty important part of your tool because I think that that's probably the biggest fear for most people is that a brand awareness campaign is going to fall into the old school category of a billboard or a television commercial that you can't track. Um, but that's, that's a good point that you're able to track the mentions or uh, when people are having conversations around it to associate it back to that brand awareness campaign. For sure. And I think especially for you, you as you are an agency, um, providing providing the analytical data and results, that's kind of like the bread and butter for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the reporting is, it becomes very important for our clients. Um, they may be only interested in certain KPIs, but um, mm -hmm. we typically have to decide on what those those are for that client. So we don't spit out just a, a blanket report for every right, single right. client um, because yeah, often we yeah. find they get lost in all the numbers. Um, I, I think that's also yeah. a trend too of people trying to impress their clients with these huge dashboards of numbers, but we, we try to focus <laughs> on what what the client actually needs mm -hmm. to see because it, it, it's going to inform them to make better decisions, which impact our results as well. So I think that uh, it's not about, you know, we, we talk about vanity metrics um, mm -hmm. in social, but I think that can happen on the analytics side as well. Yeah. So I think, um, I think it, every brand should be doing this and probably a lot, a lot of a lot of them aren't um, focusing on brand awareness. It could be because they think it's really time consuming, or there there isn't a good way to automate things, or they can't get the they can't get the specific uh, insights they're looking for. So, um, but yeah, so there there's a lot you can do uh, to to solve that. Let's uh, jump back to your your career at Hootsuite. You know, a lot of people use that platform. Um, mm -hmm. But from an insider's view, what's what's one key takeaway for you in your career that you've personally walked away with uh, working in uh, their organization? Uh, what I loved about uh, Hootsuite was the the culture. It was uh, it it was my first taste of a real startup culture, and uh, it was great. Um, the the people there were amazing. So, um, and I can I can say the same for mention right now. So I think that I keep uh, I'm a creature of habit. So I keep gravitating towards the same type of culture. Uh, I think some some people in the startup world started matching that up with a ping pong table or free beer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I, I we need to put that to sleep. That has nothing to do with the culture. <laughs> at, at yeah. <laughs> I think yes. Uh, when I talk about culture, it really comes down to communication and uh, what your what your company values are and how aligned everybody is with that. And uh, yeah, I can 
talk about um, how the culture I mentioned is now is uh, where it's very innovative. Um, people are always challenging each other, um, and we, yeah, we we're we're about um, fifty right now. So, and uh, so we're not at a at a big big size yet, but I think it it's a good size and it really allow us allows us to work um, efficiently and to as you said to keep a really good uh, flow of communication between teams. Um, yeah, so it's things are really great here. Yeah, I think people need to stop focusing on growth for the sake of growth. Um, I mean, even yeah. before we we got into this conversation, you were asking some questions about our our email list for the daily carnage and. Uh, that's that's a mentality we had to get away from was just trying to build numbers numbers this massive list mm. and I think that's you're going to see more of that um, of companies and brands coming out and being more transparent. Well, it was great talking with you today, and I think we got a lot of insights out of this for sure. Um, can you, Sandra? Can you give us a, uh, where people can find you and uh, how they can start to take a look at mention? Sure. Yeah. You, so you can just Google mention or <laughs> go to uh, mention.com. Um, I will also uh, give you guys the link to things I mentioned about, uh, of, such as the influencer marketing stack. Um, it's a really cool resource site, so you should definitely check it out. Or um, you can also follow us uh, everywhere on the web. Uh, on Instagram, we are mention underscore app. On Twitter, we are at mention. Um, and yeah. You can find us uh, everywhere. What about personally? Do you have any uh, places that you choose to post your day-to-day -day, uh, process? Ah, yes. So you can find my personal Twitter. It's uh, at Sandrogenous. It's a little hard to spell, but uh, <laughs> it's like androgynous, but with an S, basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> any last words or thoughts? Uh, it's funny because um, uh, at mention, so we are we are a, actually a French company. So um, we have this saying that we say at the end of every stand-up meeting or a weekly recap, it's let's do. It doesn't really make English sense, but uh, that's what that's what we all say. It's kind of like a cheer to the end of our to the end of our meeting. So let's do. This podcast was brought to you by Carney, the digital agency behind the Daily Carnage newsletter. If you haven't already signed up, you can do that right now at carney.co. That's C-A-R-N-E-Y dot C-O. And let's be honest, it's probably going to be the best thing that's hit your inbox in a long time. Stay sharp.